So every once in a while, Jesus has some, some pretty hard words to say to people here. You know, in Matthew 23 is a, is a kind of a famous passage that's the uh, sort of the antithesis of the uh, Beatitudes. So you got eight Beatitudes, but then you got the eight woes of Matthew 23. So the Beatitudes are in five, chapter five, and then the woes are in 23. We usually don't uh, memorize the, uh, the the eight woes, though. We just we just stick to the Beatitudes. But in any event, I'm not going to speak about the gospel. I draw our attention to our first reading here. I think it's connected um, pretty well with, with Saint Monica. I think maybe the the main point here for this morning in my homily is that uh, it's really important for us as human beings, uh, but also as Christians, to let go of the notion, any kind of notion, that the world owes us something. The world owes us something. It's a real, uh, I think, prevalent mindset today. Um, and I don't know exactly why. Maybe it's a function of the fact that we really do have it pretty good uh, in Western civilization, in America, in Europe. Our level of material well-being is quite up there. And so, you know, we kind of just come to expect that, you know, everything in, in life has got to be fair and we got to have what's coming to us, and we deserve it. Uh, you know, go ahead, take a break. You know, you deserve it. Everything's you deserve it. All the advertisements on TV, you know, appeal to your sense of entitlement and cosmic entitlement and whatnot. Saint Paul is doing something really interesting in the Thessalonians. He's he's looking at people who are actually a, a really a, a good group of Christians, early Christians, very primitive community here, and uh, maybe unlike the Corinthians, they didn't really have any troublemakers in their midst. They were a really a holy group of people, and yet they were being persecuted, okay, and they were suffering things. And uh, Saint Paul gets into that; he addresses that issue. Now, I've spoken about in the past quite frequently, and I think it really is important to, to have this as a principle in your mind as a Christian is the law of sowing and reaping. The law of sowing and reaping. Do something bad, something bad's gonna happen. Do something good, something good's gonna happen, okay? So you reap what you sow, whether for good or for evil. And that's a, that's a, uh, ironclad principle. It's a law. And it, you, you can't change it. The thing is though, it operates at two different levels, okay? So it operates at the level of uh, natural consequences, and then it operates at the level of fortune. Two different levels, okay? So the law of sowing and reaping operating at the level of natural consequences is a little bit more easy to understand and to grasp, okay? Usually people who live virtuous lives have less misfortune happen. uh, Less, I should stray away from the word fortune. Have less bad things happen to them. Okay, um, because they don't get into trouble, they don't bring, they don't invite trouble into their life. They live a decent life, and it really helps the negative consequences kind of stay away from from them. Okay, whereas you have people maybe who they drink too much, or they're wasteful with their money. Next thing you know, they're in financial problems. Next thing you know, they're having medical issues, and you're like, well, I mean, we feel bad for you. We want to help you out, but. It's kind of obvious that the bad things that are happening to you are a result of the bad choices that you made. Okay, So that's the law of sowing and reaping at the level of natural consequences. And that's really easy for us to kind of perceive and, and to understand. The more difficult one is the law of sowing and reaping at the level of fortune. Okay, So when something bad happens to them and there's no obvious connection 
to any bad behavior. So, you know, the joke uh, that uh, my dad would say is that his mother, my grandmother would always say on my Italian side, would be like, you know, say you're in the kitchen and you just cut your finger or you jam your hand in the door by accident or something, and she's like, see, God is punishing you. You must have done something bad. God is punishing you. <laughs> so it's like, wait a second. What, I, there's just some unfortunate thing happened to me. There's no obvious connection with any, like, vice or sin that I committed. But see, something bad is happening. God is punishing you. And that's what we see in the story of Job, for example. You know, Job uh, is, is just has this terrible misfortune happen to him. His kids get killed. All of these different things happen. He gets a disease. It's not really, you know, connected to bad things that he's done. And uh, his friends come to him and they say, you must have done something wrong, you know. So that intuition uh, is, is partly right, partly wrong. There really is such a thing as the law of sowing and reaping operating at the level of fortune. But it's much more difficult to detect the cause and the effect. And that's where in, in this life, you really, it's, it's tough to discern. You know, why is this bad thing happening to me? Is it because I did something wrong? Or is it because of what? What's going on? That's what causes people to say, is God really just, it, you know, I, I thought that, I mean, I've lived a good life. Why is this bad thing happening to me? So forth and so on. And the answer to that is two things, I think. First and foremost is we have to wait until the end of the world. We have to wait until the ultimate court is set up and the ultimate final judgment is put in place by God. And then all of what takes place here in the world will Justice will finally be uh, established and made clear. So that's a that's a really important thing, and we we need to be able to say like, God never said to us that if you are a good person, good things are always going to happen to you. Nothing bad will ever happen to you. Right? There's no guarantee. No one has ever said that. The Christian religion has never taught that. How often, though, is that the assumption that we make? The world owes me something. I got. I, I'm a good person. I should have good things happen to me. Where in the Bible does it teach that? Really, I mean, at the, in that level of fortune in the here and the now, uh, I think the opposite is really part of what the teaching of the Bible is and what our, our faith tradition has. So I always think of the prayer when we pray to. Uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary, Hail Holy Queen, Mother of Mercy, Hail our life, our sweetness, and our hope. To thee do we cry, poor banished children of Eve. To thee do we send up our sighs, mourning and weeping in this valley of tears. Our, this earth is a valley of tears. We want it to be a bed of roses. What, what are we doing? I mean, we really make that assumption that the, that life is just going to be a bed of roses. Well, not necessarily. The Thessalonians could have been feeling that, but they don't, though. And St. Paul is, is speaking to them so that they don't feel like they got something, you know, coming to them. He's saying there will be a final judgment and justice will be done at that time. But for right now, um, you know, you're going to have to suffer persecution and whatnot. He goes even further, though. Now, this is very interesting. Very interesting. If you listen closely, go back to that passage and read it close. St. Paul is actually taking it one step further. He's saying bad things are happening to you right now and you're being persecuted because you're a righteous group of people. 
How does that work? Well, it works like this. The more we receive suffering, the holier we become. And sometimes God says, this person is such a good person, I want to make sure they get a really big reward in the life to come, so I'm going to send them trouble. So sometimes trouble and bad fortune comes into our life, not because we're bad, but because we're good. And God wants us to continue to grow in merit so that ultimately, in the end of the day, we're going to receive a greater degree of glory in eternity. How's that for a whole reversal of people's assumptions? Very, very uh, important to keep our vision on the big picture and that final judgment day. Every seeming injustice, cosmic injustice, will be resolved and everything uh, will be put back into balance and justice will be done at that time. So when we receive bad fortune in life, we have to think to ourselves, it could be you know, a result of something bad that I've done in my life and I need to accept that as penance. Or it could be that Jesus really wants me to get even closer to him and get an even higher reward in heaven. So it's actually a blessing and a reward, persecution and suffering and misfortune as a reward. <laughs> this, is, this is the beauty of Christianity and keeping our eyes on, on the big picture on that final day of judgment.